tell your friends the Mark and Max show is back and better than ever. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Max show. And uh, right off the bat, Mark, over the weekend, there was the huge uh, billion dollar Mega Millions, mm-hmm. which they're going to have to change. You know, I think somebody should sue Mega Millions because somebody <laughs> didn't win Mega Millions. They won a billion dollars. Man, think yeah. about yeah. $1.33 billion. Yeah. One point. That's, that's what, a thousand million? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a billion, right? Yeah. So you got a thousand million. Uncle Jed had like 137 million when they got to Beverly Hills, <laughs> and I think it was 170 something million when they left. But bottom line, this is a lot of money. Yeah. It was a lot of money, $1.337 billion in the Mega Millions jackpot in one person. And normally, you know, usually that's a, that ends up getting split. There will be a, a right. handful of people will have the right numbers, and they'll split the big pot. But not this time. It's one person. And we at this point, well, right now, we don't know who that is. According wow. to MegaMillions.com, there was one jackpot winning ticket in the draw Friday night, and it was bought at a Speedway service station and convenience store in Des Plaines. Um, mm-hmm. The jackpot was the nation's third largest lottery prize. It grew so large because nobody had matched the game's six selected numbers since April 15th. That's 29 consecutive draws without a jackpot winner. The total prize is for winners who choose the annuity option paid annually over 29 years. Most winners do opt for the cash option, which for Friday night's drawing was an estimated uh, $780.5 million. The odds of winning that jackpot are 1 in 302.5 million. Wow. According to the Illinois Lottery, the store that sold the ticket is a pretty big winner too. It'll receive half a million bucks just for selling the ticket. Wow. Mega Millions is played in 45 states as well as Washington, D.C. and the U.S. Virgin Islands. It's coordinated by state lotteries. Wow. Yeah. So, $780.5 million. Mm-hmm. And that's your cash out. That's not after tax, or is that the after tax thing? Um, I know they they have the usually the tax the lump sum option is less, right? You know than the overall, but I um, saw a breakdown at one point. I think that is. Uh, I think that's the pre tax. Think it okay. is. I think, and you're still dealing with what a third of that. Well, forty yeah. percent will go to yeah, the taxes. Yeah, thirty-seven something. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, you know what? He the, for three hundred and fifty, four hundred million dollars. He got <laughs> not, he ought to not bother collecting. This ain't even worth it now. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mag show. And I, I do want to clarify something, Mark. I know yeah. that it's early and we just really got started. You mentioned something. We were joking around about the lottery, okay? Yeah. yeah. And there are some um, in the religious world that uh, don't like when we talk about things like that. Right. Uh, about, like, we're glorifying or something. And, no, and in reality. Not, no. It's the news. No, I, it is. But, you know, even we, we make fun and poke fun. You mm-hmm. know, it's just, it is what it is. But, you know, we have mentioned that. It is a tax on the poor yeah. um, because the you know rich people don't tend to play the lottery. No, you know, no. and the thing is, is that if it bother, it, okay, it worries me when a state builds something up around a lottery and call it an education lottery or mm-hmm. something like like yeah. the money has value because the money that you're throwing at it doesn't have value to you unless you win. Mm-hmm. You know, 
and most people don't win. That means that somebody is going to win. Right. And it could be you. So there is a chance, which is why people play. My, I worry when, when I see how the, the preparation for opening up a store with the, when the lottery comes in and all the changes that are made to accommodate the people who are going to come in and spend their last dollar buying daily, you know, the little scratchers and things right, like yeah, that. Yeah. Because I really did not, I, I've told you this before, Mark, I really thought, you know, that when you had a lottery that you had a lottery ticket and that was it, you bought the ticket and each week you, Hey, I, I win or I don't win, you know, right, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. I didn't know all the other things that go with it. I didn't know that it's a full on gambling thing. And it is, uh, I didn't, but I'm not a gambler because right. I know the dangers of it. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it's better to put your trust in the Lord than confidence in man. That's right. Psalm 118 verse eight. Yep. And, and we can go through the Bible day. And I hope you do to look at these verses to talk about money because there are some very, very specific mm -hmm. things about money and it's d tied directly to tithing. Right. You know, when you yeah. look at Malachi chapter three, um, just, uh, go to Matthew as Mark, you say, go to Matthew, turn left. Okay. It's <laughs> the last right. book of the old Testament <laughs> and just read it, read that and, and read it in today, apply it to what's going on today and think of the wolves at the door as the, the bill collectors and things like that because of some bad decisions mm -hmm. we've made with yeah. debt. And, you know, when you put, you don't play any confidence in the lottery, the lottery is a game. If you want to play it as a game, great, fine, have fun. You know, because if you win, hopefully you'll do some really cool stuff with it. Yeah. But most lottery winners, not most, a lot of lottery winners really end up down the rabbit hole because they're not prepared to have that True. kind of money. Yeah. And it ruins their life instead of winning it. I mean, many of them have said, I wish I'd torn the ticket up. Yeah. So, yeah. anyway. And it's, 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 a, it's a sad thing when people put all that confidence in it. Or the, actually, it's not confidence. It's hope. They put a lot yes, of hope, hope in the lottery. And they uh, they hope that it's going to pay off for them. And so, and it starts a lot. It's a lot like a drug. It starts off small. Yeah. You buy, buy a ticket here and there. And then, well, I, I, it, I have more chances if I buy more tickets. And right. then the next thing you know, you're buying pile stacks of tickets and you're doing it every week and you're, you're trying to figure out how much of your budget you can spend on it. And, and before you know it, you've spent a lot of money on something yeah. that's never going to pay off for you because the odds, are stacked, not, the odds are stacked against you. It's just like Las Vegas. Stop and think about it. It's just right. like Las Vegas. They don't build those big casinos because everybody goes in and wins. It's, right. it, it's the same with a the lottery. They don't do all of the stuff with that money that comes in because everybody's losing, you know? <laughs> right. Everybody's winning. That, that's everybody's because winning. everybody that's is right. losing. That's, that's because they, you're right. You're right. Yes. Yeah. Bottom line though, the bottom line is always the bottom line. Yeah. And if you actually, if you're a believer as we are, um, I encourage you to read the Bible and actually give some serious thought to your money. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Nate Park, uh, who Mark and I both love dearly. Yeah. Great guy. Um, yeah. And Nathan Park actually talked to me one day about debt. And he said, you know, we get into debt. We're, we get into debt early in life, you know, from buying a new car to buying houses. And he goes, you know, when you actually think about it, he said, being out of debt allows you to do what God's called you to do. He said, how many people, you know, actually want to live their life the way God's called them to live it? They become an adult and God has really put it on their heart to go and be a missionary. You know, he doesn't put that on everybody, but maybe he puts it on you. But because of the decisions you've made in life financially, you can't go. Mm. He said, so that's how, that's where he comes to it from. And by the way, Nate, Nate's very well off financially. Yeah, he, is, he invested yeah. in real estate and he's done well for himself. But bottom line, if you put your, if you, if you actually work and look at your debt now, 
and you actually work, maybe if you've got a lot of it and you're just eking out a living paycheck to paycheck, then do the Dave Ramsey snowball, you know? Yeah. Go look that up. It's it's not difficult to understand. It takes effort to yeah. apply yourself to paying off your debt, become debt-free, and then you can do what God's called you to do when he's called you to do it, and you don't have to work on the lottery. Mm. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac Show. Hey, Mark. One last little bit on the lottery. I realize yeah. that Mega Millions, yeah. did you know that it is played in 45 states yeah. as well as uh, Washington, D.C., yeah. the U.S. Virgin Islands? I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't realize that we were, you know, uh, I know that this is a little difficult for some to understand. There are either five or seven of us that don't have it, if you're, or, or 10 <laughs> right. or 12, because uh, Obama said there were 52, 57, 58. 57. I mean, yeah, he didn't know how many states were in the union, but, you know. <laughs> 45, take, so. 45 states is what it says here. Unbelievable. Yeah. So that's it. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. But, you know, so either there's five states that don't play or, you know, 13, 12, depending on <laughs> how many Obama says we have today. That's what I'm saying. But that's funny. All right, Mark. And people, the made world, big, people made a big deal about that. I remember at the time I thought, well, that, and I thought, well, that's just dumb. And then I watched the video and he's almost yeah. rolling his eyes when he says that because he's been on the campaign tour. It's like, yeah. how many states are there? I think there's 57, yeah. you know? Yeah. He's like, dude, look, he goes, he, in his head, he's going, I am married to a person who has an Adam's apple and wears a dress, okay? Come on. Said, Do what? you think I know what the truth is about anything? <laughs> well, I think it was more like the, the Johnny Cash song. I've been, I've, I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere. Yeah, I think he was too busy trying to hold down the lies of his life. Yeah, yeah. you know too. Do you remember in that Rose Garden ceremony when Obama was uh, announcing how uh, the U.S. government traded for the Bergdahl, the the traitor, the guy who left his post? Yeah, Yeah. and the guy guy comes in and and utters a bunch of stuff. (laughs) And yes, I remember in Islam. Yeah, his his Iowa parents, his dad's grown his Muslim beard. They've all converted to Islam. And the, and Obama speaks Islam, and they turn it up. Uh, they turn everything over. You know, if go back and watch it. Oh, yeah. Just look at yeah. the Bo Bergdahl ceremony. I remember yeah. at the time it happened, saying right then that Barack Obama should be arrested for treason. The Bergdahl should be put in prison, and Bo yeah. Bergdahl should, should be sentenced to death for treason yeah. because you know people died looking for Bo Bergdahl. Yes, they did. And. But what did Obama do? He gave him a he gave him a raise in rank for the time that he was captive. Then gave yeah. him a raise, and it was only after some members of Congress. Thankfully, we do have the People's House still, but some congressional leaders were hit up by their constituents and said, "Hey, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. You can't." That guy is, you know, and that's they did change all it, but it quietly got changed. They didn't put it on headlines. They didn't do a rose garden ceremony. They actually just changed it, and you know left it alone and did not build it up in the press still frustrates frustrates me to this day mm. that the, the guy who was president, you know, called his wife, Michael, a couple of times too, yeah. you know, because Interesting. You, know, you know, you made a joke. I don't know if it was on or off the air a couple of weeks ago, Mark, about uh, how Biden you know, gets off uh, his, his card sometimes. And you, you know, and he, he says something stupid and you said, look, for the first three or four years, Obama yeah, never spoke without a teleprompter. That's true. That's absolutely, that wasn't a joke. That, that actually was real. Yeah. I re- right. I distinct, and you can't find it now. I've tried finding the video for this <clears throat> where he was speaking to a group of people and the teleprompter went down and he mm-hmm. stopped talking. Yep. He yeah. stopped. He just stood there and smiled awkwardly at everybody, made a couple of lame jokes while they came in and fixed the teleprompters. 
He mm. couldn't, he, they didn't let him speak. He didn't say anything that wasn't scripted for him. Nothing. Right. And the yep. thing is that, that our current president is the, the current occupant of the, uh, of the Oval Office, uh, does exactly the same thing. And when he, when he steps away and somebody asks him questions, his entire staff goes into panic mode and yeah. they usher him out of the room because he'll, he might actually say something they don't want him to say. Well, he, he might say something like, you know, my pet orangutan was driving me around the other day in my <laughs> golf cart on the back nine when suddenly I ate a bowl of macaroni and cheese through my feet. You know, I think that when, when all everything's said and done, they're going to open up Biden and there's going to be a little, little alien guy That's in his right. head, it's you know, like and black. The, <laughs> yes. And the alien guy is really, really old, you know, and the mothership is saying, we've got to get him out of there, man. <laughs> liferadio.fm beautiful day in the neighborhood it's the mark and mac show and by golly um mark i don't know if it's a, a rule for us but I, I think it ought to be that we have a guinness book of world Records story in every show just mm-hmm. because it gives me the visual of the big big book you know they used to buy that they came around to your class you know and let you order a book you know out of the paper yeah. thing yeah and, yeah yeah uh and it had the, i just remember the picture of the two Fat, the fat twins riding mini bikes, mm-hmm. and that was like the picture they showed. You I know, remember the that. twins yeah. ever, <laughs> and I remember thinking, "Really, you guys couldn't find anything better than that?" You know. <laughs> well, that's an anyway. indicator of the beginning of tr- of uh, of categories too. When you think about it, because right. they will create a category for literally anything. We have yeah. had stories about Guinness World Records on this show where we've scratched our heads and thought, "That's a category." buddy it's a category (laughs) and i'll tell you what since you love him so much if you're really good we may have another one later on what is that it's Uh. it's a major award utah residents helped schreiber foods in logan utah break the world record for the largest bowl of macaroni and cheese on Friday, making over 4,700 pounds of mac and cheese. The milk portion of the macaroni and cheese was so heavy, it was poured with the help of a forklift. The previous Guinness World Record was just under 2,500 pounds. People from all over the Cache Valley came to watch as the company made the macaroni and cheese, including one 13-year-old who had no place he'd rather be on his birthday than at the record-breaking bowl of macaroni and cheese. Other spectators were shocked when they saw how big the bowl was. The company said this big bowl of macaroni and cheese had been planned for about a year. Yeah, I imagine so. Yeah. I mean, just to have a bowl that big. (laughs) But think about it. Yes. If we take the world's biggest chair in Anniston, Alabama... And we put the world's biggest bowl on. We got to find the world's biggest table, and then we'll find the world's biggest person. You know, uh-huh. I, I, we're on to something here, Mark. We could just take a picture of the new aliens who are coming. Yeah, you know what? Oh no! We'll say this bowl actually was dug up out of the Utah desert, <laughs> and it belongs to a race of giants. Now we're on to something, Mark. Oh my! liferadio.fm mark and mac show mark there are times around the world where I, we tend to think of everything we're you know because we're americans and we're american centric but there are places all around the world that have highways and freeways and you know places to get 
backed up with cars, you know, right, a lot of traffic. Yeah. yeah. Um, but other than the Audubon in Germany, I don't really know anything. I mean, like 459 in Birmingham, you know, 285 in Atlanta. You got the Beltline in Raleigh, but I don't know about these other ones. So when I see a headline that says M6 traffic chaos, yeah. I'm I'm going on an assumption. I guess that's what they call a big freeway thoroughfare up in in Great Britain or something, right? Yeah, it's the I think M is motorway, motorway six. It's just a different term for interstate highway because there's not an interstate system in the UK because there's not states. It is a state, you know, but a stretch of the M six motorway in the UK was hit with delays about 12 hours worth of delays on, uh, the 29th of July, last Friday, due to a couple of separate incidents leading to really surreal scenes in the gridlock traffic. People got out of their cars to make the most of a miserable situation, including a brass band who played as people danced on the northbound stretch of the motorway (laughs) (laughs) and elsewhere, a group of guys who got stuck in the nine mile long traffic jam on their way up to Lancaster brought a foosball table out and set it up for a game (laughs) on one of the lanes. (laughs) So they had a brass band and a foosball tournament going on. During wow, the traffic jam. I love it. That's just funny. <laughs> yeah, it is. I remember, I remember getting stuck in one one time years ago um, on our way back uh, from a family trip to the beach. Mm-hmm. And we were in between uh, Montgomery and Birmingham on I-65. Oh. And there was a wreck that had stopped the interstate. Yep. And this is back in the early 2000s where, you know, we were on that edge where, yeah, you had cell phones, but. Not like not smartphone technology like we have right. now. Yeah. And the, the only thing I remember is, you know, when you when you get in the thing like that and you realize you've been sitting in the same place for an hour <laughs> and people are now out of their cars. It's like, yes, oh, yeah. man. Yes. And we actually I opted because it was hot summertime. It's like, do you leave your car running or do you turn it off? What are you going to do? Mm. Well, I remember you know, Hannah was young and I was like, oh, my goodness. Now, I, because of uh, being the techno jerk that i am i had our car wired up whenever we took a long trip i put a tv vcr the whole nine video games everything in that vehicle for travel because when you have as many kids as we have plus they always had a friend tagging along you know we were like the partridge family without the big bus and uh well the kids always used to give me a rough time over it why are you doing that dad and because you guys always get bored and give me grief i can't stand it and so that day while everybody else was waiting in that thing being bored to tears yep my kids were back and they're watching Remember the uh, Titans or something yeah, like that. Right, it was yeah. a great day. Yep, that's where they watched that <laughs> movie. So funny. there you have it. You got two choices when you're stuck in traffic like that. Get out and <laughs> dance to a brass band or hang out with Dave and watch a movie. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. You know, I don't know if we talked about this yesterday, Mark, about you and Jane getting woken up in the middle of the night from your yipping new dog. Oh, yeah, we did. Y'all had to take him to the uh, vet yesterday, right? So yeah, he's, he's the, had... the newest member of the Congleton clan gets taken to the doctor. Yeah, we, um, um, Cooper, our little miniature dachshund, um, was scratching at his ears and, and, you know, we could tell he's had some problems with his ears and, Little bitty guys like that, they get something you want to make sure it's it's taken care of very quickly. So we took him just over to uh, over to Main Street in Trustful, and uh, and uh, and the doc had a look at him, and he did have a little some junk in his ears. Had to get his ears cleaned out, and then and then they gave him a prescription 
to take care of the inflammation. And, uh, yeah. and so he's, he's in good shape, but <laughs> that little bitty guy going to the vet, that's something. <laughs> One, well, that's the, what I was wondering when you guys got him, was he biting the whole way there? Did you put him in a, how did you get him to the, you know, to um, the bat? Did his you, kennel, Jane hold him? his kennel, uh, no, in his kennel, his kennel is real small. I mean, it's, you know, it's, uh-huh. you fit it in your lap. He's a little tiny thing, you know? Yeah. And, um, and his kennel is also, it's, it's his turf. Now it has become right. in, in a week, it has become his territory. So uh-huh. he would rather be there pr- than pretty much anywhere else. In wow. fact, uh, in the evenings, we'll be sitting down to watch a little TV before we go to bed. And the, uh, I'll put the kennel on the little table between our two, our two chairs in the living room. And, uh, when he sees me put that up there, he just makes a beeline for it and crawls up in it and we'll grab one of his toys and sit in his kennel and chew on his toys. And wow. Yeah. So that the kennel is his turf. Now it's his house and he's happy to be there. And in, wow. in, in fact, uh, um, if he's complaining when he's in the kennel, if he's whining when he's in his kennel, it means he needs to go. And we we talked a little bit about that yesterday. Was that he will wake us up in the middle of the night sometimes in his kennel whining? And it's not that it's the only thing is he's not thirsty, he's not hungry, he needs to go, and he's not going to do it in there. Right. Yeah. So the, that's the thing. Dogs won't. Dogs will not relieve themselves where they sleep. And that's yeah. LaDonna kept trying to train me like that. And I mm-hmm. thought, you're not training me, girl. No, nah. no. My bad. No. I'll go where I want. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mag show. And hey, a couple of quick reminders. You know, we have the daily podcast of the show. It is uploaded by 10 a.m. Central Time most days, unless you use Google. But it's available everywhere, including iHeartMedia. Wherever you get your podcast, you can find Mark and Mac Show. So there you go. Yep. Um, whenever I see these crazy stories that you find about animals that are considered, you know, um, exotic. Odd. odd. Uh, you realize that not every state allows you to have a, an animal like this. And this right. time, we have four escaped emus on the loose yep in illinois residents of an illinois county are being warned to keep an eye out for four loose emus that escaped from their owner's property vermilion county animal control office officials warned residents in the danville area to contact authorities if they spot these flightless birds and don't attempt to capture them because uh, they could severely injure a person with their sharp claws the owner of the animal said he believes some kids damaged his fence at 4D Farms in Danville, allowing the emus and some cows to escape. Those darn kids. The emus yeah. were seen chasing people to, in Danville on Thursday evening, and one of the animals was spotted near the Danville Mall late Friday morning. Wow. Okay. Just FYI. Yes. An emu looks like a crazy, wild-eyed ostrich, okay? Yeah. That's what they look like. They really do. Because I I always thought they, I before I actually looked at pictures, I thought an emu kind of looked like a camel with a longer neck or something like that. I didn't realize this is a guy, this looks like somebody who needs to be in a padded cell, you know? <laughs> He's got that wild-eyed look. It's like, oh, my goodness. This yeah. is the ostrich. That when the ostrich get together and they say, "Hey, the crazy ones go over there," and we're gonna we're not gonna call them retarded because the R word is not acceptable. Mm-hmm. They're called emu. <laughs> Emus. Go over, there you go. You remember that story we had last week about the uh, uh, the lady who was trying to do the girl who's trying to do videos and her emu keeps sticking its head in the picture and pecking the camera. 
Yeah. Just go watch those. You'll see what an emu looks like. Now, a couple of things. First off, the emus were seen chasing people. So Uh these big birds are chasing people around Danville, Illinois. And the next thing, I mean, there's two things here that I think is equally bizarre is Danville has a mall. Life radio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And you know, Mark, I want to backtrack for just a second. Yes. Uh, a little bit ago, we were talking about the emu, you know, yes. the poor emus getting loose in Danville, Virginia. And you talked about Danville having a mall <laughs> and right. You know, it was like, it got, you're like, but they had a mall, you know, after we got done, it was like, what in the world, you know? <laughs> Well, I meant to tell you that, you know. Yes, I'm out in left field have, today. Thank you. Well, no, it was just funny to me because I thought, you know what? There are so many areas that were, back in the day, malls were uh, busy, you know? Oh, yeah. But I was never allowed to go and hang out at the mall when I was a kid. Oh, no. And I I don't know. I, I know we had friends that allowed them. I'm sure they did. But I was never allowed to when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And by the time I was old enough to drive myself to the mall, it was like, I don't want to go there because all it is is going to cost me money that I've worked hard for, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. And, but the mall has been a center, a real central part of a lot of communities over the years. And, you know, there are days when I, my back, um, there are good days and bad days with a back thing. And you never know what it's like a box of chocolates and Forrest Gump. You never know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And some days, you know, you can get up and walk around just fine. Other days, not so much. And those are the days I just stay home. I don't usually go out right when I'm having a bad day. Anyway, last weekend, um, Bray, I was out picking up a couple of things and Braylon and LaDonna both wanted Chick-fil-A. Okay. Right now where I happened to be at that moment, I had two choices and I chose the bit because they closed one that was really convenient and moved it to another exit. Mm-hmm. And so they've, we have this mall near where I live and there's a Chick-fil-A in there. So I thought, you know what? I'm having I'm having a bad bag day. But still, I can go in there and I can do this. Not a big deal. Dude. <laughs> First of all, I thought, malls are dead. Nobody's in there, you know? Yep. And I was wrong. Uh, they are in there. And there were a lot of people in there. I was like, I, I, but you know what? I was shocked and happy at the same time. I was so happy that the mall's not dead. Mm. And people were shopping. They were carrying shopping bags. Oh, I'm, I'm and, glad you clarified that. I thought they were just all at Chick-fil-A. Right. No, they were actually shopping. Now, oh, from good. a food court standpoint, there were only two places that had a lot of, you know, going on. And Chick-fil-A was one of them. But anyway, it was just, I was excited to see that the mall actually did have foot traffic. Yeah. Because I never quite understood this. And I mean it. When you go to a mall where you have climate control, you know, and mm-hmm. you get inside and it's comfortable oh, and you're yeah. not sweating and oh, yeah. that's awesome to me. I love and that. And I'm thinking, why would, why would anybody prefer a strip mall where you park and you're walking outside mm-hmm. from shop in, to in shop? In the rain right? or the shop yeah. or the sun. Yeah. In the heat, humidity. I, I, I don't get it. I, I don't I, know I don't why either. that became a thing. Okay. I I'm I'm much, so I'm not alone in that. Oh, no. I much prefer the in- indoor mall. Much. I think, honestly, I think most people do. But hmm. then you think about the, the mall management company has to air condition yeah. all of that space. You know, they have to yeah. air condition and heat all of that space inside the mall. Sure. So that's a, that's a cost factor for them and an outdoor mall. Yeah, I know. They don't have to do that. So, right. You know, well, the, the, each store takes care of their own. Right. What it amounts e- to. Exactly. But they're not also the big common spaces, you know, the, right. the big central no, area and all that. So they don't have to 
do that. It's just, well, just so much. That's why they charge for that. Well, you know, you were talking about Chick-fil-A and malls, and that's where they were originally. You'd find right. the Chick-fil-A in a mall. And the first one yes. in our area was in the Brookwood Village Mall, the very oh, wow. first one. And I remember, wow. and I remember going to that place for years when I worked, yeah. you know, we, we both worked in that area. And I, even after we, we did radio in that area, I was, I spent 10 years working in that area and I would go over to right. that mall and grab lunch from time to time. Usually wow. maybe about once a week I'd go wow. over there and now that mall is empty. It's just wow. gone. Okay. You told me it was empty, but I mean, is it, are they going to mow it down or is it going to turn into a college it's campus? Been, or it's something? been I mean, bought by a couple of developers. Okay. Oh. And I don't know what's going to happen with it, but it's been, it has been bought. So somebody wow. has some plans for it. And wow. there's really only two places. There's two businesses open there. Now there's a, a five guys, which is not in the mall. It's out on the strip outside, out front of them in front of the mall. And then there's mm-hmm. a, a place called the Hickory Tavern, which is a big sports bar, TV screens everywhere. Um, and that place is still open. That's the only two places wow. open there. It's just this big ghost town is what it is, man. Well, you know, you can actually, um, there's a, go to a website about dead malls. Okay? Yeah. You can yeah. look at, just go to any kind of search engine and type in dead malls and you can choose dead malls in Alabama. Yeah. And I looked at this because I pulled up dead malls in Alabama to see if, do you remember the Eastwood mall? Yes, in Birmingham? I do. Yes, I do. It was at one time it was known as the largest mall in the South. Yeah. And yeah. it's it, and of course Century Plaza, which we're very familiar with, and mm-hmm. we've talked about it. Yeah, they it's built it on they built go. it on the hill right across from Eastwood yep. Mall, and now this place where Eastwood Mall, where Eastwood Mall used to be, is a Walmart supercenter, and wow. uh, and there's a big shopping center all around it. But there's a Walmart supercenter, and then where Century Plaza used to be is now an Amazon distribution center. Wow. It's a ginormous warehouse. Mark and Mac mornings only on Life Radio FM. liferadio.fm the mark and mac show and you know when mark and i first uh, got together as a show uh and hey nate park's name comes up again because right. it was his idea but there was a dress code with crawford broadcasting yeah and i've been doing country radio so i've got <laughs> the first day i went in i got my jeans boots and a t-shirt on right and i go walking in and i was wearing a night look i was wearing my nice jeans and my <laughs> boots were really good and you know the t-shirt wasn't ragged i mean it was, right you know, yeah because that's the dress code for radio people uh-huh and and that's actually you know, walking that's in there actually pretty good because a, a lot of them are wearing shorts and and sandals oh, yeah. and stuff Flip-flops. now yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but anyway i got there and the first thing that before I say, Hey, he goes, Hey, um, you know, you can't wear jeans in here. I'm like, well, right, is he telling me I need to go back and buy some clothes before I can even talk to them? That's what I thought. Yeah. But now it's like, you know, things have changed now. It's like, okay, t-shirt. You're lucky if I come fully dressed, but Mark's <laughs> got a shirt on today. Yes, okay. Uh-huh. And my first thought was that is not up to dress code, Mark. But the <laughs> second part was, it's so true. It is. What does it say? It says it's so weird being the same age as old people. Uh, and the other day a friend of mine posted something on facebook and it said uh, that uh somebody was talking about music that there was this uh, radio station playing music from 30 years ago mm-hmm. and he was like oh fantastic the 70s i'd love it and it's like no that would be the early 90s dude <laughs> yeah early 90s 30 oh, years gosh, ago yes <laughs> so your shirt is apropos mark yes it is all right mm-hmm. now as Casey used to say, on with the countdown. Now, most of us would know. If I said now, um, they would know Casey Kasem. You say right. that to a generation I now, know. they're like, who? Who? 
he uh he was the voice of uh shaggy on, yes on your classic right. scooby-doo ca- uh, cartoons that's who he is oh man how sad <laughs> it's very sad, sad. yes god uh, mark what happened to us man? got old that's what happened uh, you know i was i was thinking about it the other day that when i first got into radio and got my first big gig you know and i look back now okay and think okay if you look at, let's say, early 80s, okay, when you and I both early 80s, first couple of jobs in radio, and granted, I started in radio in 1978. Mm. Wow. Can you believe that? 1978. Mm. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to cry here. Hold on. <laughs> anyway, but when I first started, you know, the guys and the, the veterans at the station, they talked about, like, the Beatles, you yeah, know, and yeah. what it was like in the 60s. And it was like, I was hearing this history lesson, you know, it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I think about that now. All right. That would be like you and I, okay. (laughs) Talking about something that happened in 2005. Yeah. Okay. That them telling me about going to a beat, the Beatles tour in 1965. Right. They were telling me this in 82. That would be like you and I talking about event we did in 2005. Yeah. That's crazy. And I was just thinking, I was just thinking, uh, uh, speaking fondly of playing like the Beatles latest record or something would be like me speaking fondly and this will show my age, uh, speaking fondly of playing that new Amy Grant hit father's eyes, you know, wow. <laughs> which, wow. or El Shaddai or something yeah. like that, which goes back wow. so far now, you know? And you know, she, but she was in the news this past weekend. Was she, she no, she had a yeah she uh, had a wreck on her bicycle and ended up in the hospital for a couple of days. Oh no! Um, yeah, I mean up in uh, Nashville. Um, okay, actually, gonna have to pull an update on that. I apologize, but yeah, it was. Uh, it had you know how things happen over the weekend and mm. you don't really you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, her bike accident made. Uh, uh, she was actually in the hospital, and it wasn't just in and out. They kept her in the hospital for a couple of days huh. uh, because she hit really hard. Um, uh, anyway, I guess she's, uh, they cut her loose, so she's back huh. now, but anyway, How yeah, yeah Vince Gill, you know, canceled performances, you know, after yeah. the wreck because yeah. you know, he and Amy are married. The hospital five but, back accident in Nashville yeah. when, last Wednesday, she's 61 now. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Holy moly. Um, yeah. I, I remember, uh, walking out backstage with her when she was in her mid forties and her talking about being, you know, 45. And I thought, you know, all I could do was Jane is walking mm-hmm. with me and all I could say is, Hey you're doing great for 45 just you know you know, don't right. worry about it but wow yeah she was taken to vanderbilt university medical center uh treated for abrasions yeah. and cuts huh wow how about yeah. that and they're still, a, they, they still her because it was a head thing you know oh, yeah, they were worried and, and they they refer to her as the baby baby singer yep yeah i know yeah <laughs> oh do i remember the christians that got upset about that song they're still mad bless their hearts live radio.fm it is the mark and mac show and uh, we we're having some fun today hopefully you're having fun that's all i'm gonna say all right right so mark i want another guinness book of world records can we do one i just do i i'm in that mood today and i don't know why since you asked so nicely what is that yes it's a major award. <laughs> Shucks, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. <laughs> I love how that's clipping at the end. My button is 
freaking out. I gotta, I gotta fix that. I love it. <laughs> a Guinness World Record is bro- was broken at a Montreal museum when 491 people participated in a slime making lesson. 491 people mm. learned how to make slime. Guinness World Records announced the event at the Montreal Science Center in Canada uh, broke the record for the world's largest slime making lesson. The lesson led by local slime star. Mm-hmm. It's on his resume. Wow. It's on his resume. Yannick Bergeron was organized as part of the Science of Guinness World Records, a traveling museum exhibition. Bergeron led the participants in making their own slime using water, calcium chloride, and sodium alginate. Uh, Sarah Arsenault, one of the organizers of the record attempt, said Guinness rules required at least 90% of the participants to remain for the entirety of the lesson. And all of those counted had to create their own slime. <laughs> she, she said, uh, when we heard that Guinness World Records attempt was the, the attempt was successful, <laughs> it was euphoria. <laughs> I thought it was slime. Wow. What? what? Yeah. But I'm, but I'm, I'm ch- wow. Again, like, making up a category, Mark. Exactly. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. Beautiful day in the neighborhood if you like summertime rain and whatever. Oh, I, yeah. You know. It's August 2nd. Come on, man. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, watching a, a number of friends who are teachers, uh, you know, that are posting things about the upcoming school year. And I, for the most part, believe teachers are, are heroic people. You know, I really do. Yeah. Um, when you look back, Mark, and you think about the teachers who impacted your life personally, it could be in kindergarten or it could be in 12th grade. You know, I'm talking about that, not college. I'm talking about the where you, where you have to go, compulsory education stuff, you know? Yeah. And I think about those teachers who truly had an impact on my life at a given time. And what a blessing, you know, it, it is to have that. And we still do. But I will tell you, um, if you haven't been to a public school classroom or, you know, in, in the recent past, you, you need to. Um, teachers are putting up with things that I'm going to be honest now. I know generationally we're older. You know, we've talked about that for whatever reason today. Age is becoming an issue. But, mm. Mark, I, I mean, for real, when you and I were growing up in school, kids did get in trouble for talking when you weren't supposed to or whatever, yeah. chewing gum in class. Yeah. But what they do, they being children, what they do now from a very early age all the way through till they either, you know, leave or get graduate. But it's not good. Mm. Um there's a lot of abuse heaped on the teachers and support staff. Not all, certainly. I mean, there are good kids everywhere, but there's just a real lack of, um, you can tell the kids aren't being taught at home. You know, that's the best thing I can think of. They're not Mm. being raised to be respectful of the adults in the room. They're Mm -hmm. just not true. And I think that that's why I say that teachers now are heroic. What they put up with goes beyond what any of us could deal with. And, I know occasionally you know you get a teacher that does something really stupid, and that's when we get the you know, article about him pulling the hair or smacking mm-hmm. the kid or whatever. Yeah, and it's like, and I hate that because that should never happen. You know, it, school should be a safe place. Right. But when you look at between the bullies and everything else going on, a lack of respect, I don't know how right. they do it for yeah. real. I just yeah. don't. Yeah, but I anyway, agree. I wish there were. I wish there were like cameras in every classroom. I think there should be actually. 
Of course, yep. the teachers' unions would pitch a royal hissy fit if, if that ever happened. Why are you spying on our teachers? Yeah. We're, not, we're not spying on well, teachers so much no. as we are watching kids. You know, right. That's what, what I was thinking. I, you would think that the teachers' unions would, in their own defense, want cameras in the classrooms because right. of the charges which would be leveled against them uh, right. if there was a disagreement with parents. You would think right. that. But I think it also says an awful lot that they don't because – what are they? And we're finding out more and more in a lot of school systems, not all school systems. It's not universal, but we're finding out more and more that our kids are being taught and exposed to things that oh, we goodness. don't want them exposed to or taught by yeah. anybody but us because right. we want to sit with them and walk them and parent them through the process of understanding certain basic things about life. Yeah. And now we have. A, a group of people who feel that it is their obligation to share their chosen lifestyle with these children, mm. to expose them to something that at a very, very formative age, yep. you know, and that's just, and, and to keep it secret from us when they do so. Right. I, you remember yeah. um, when Obama was running for office and I remember talking about how Obama was in favor of teaching sex education to kindergarten children. Yeah. And, um, and people, I got so bagged on, man. I mean, I had people just accusing me of everything, and then I had the audio, and there, it's like I played the audio, and they said he's making it like a joke. That's he's saying that like a joke, and I'm like, hmm. he did. But then he says, but it should, you know. Exactly, it's like yes, yes he yeah. did try to play. You know, many a true thing are said in jest. Right. Well, that was think about it. That was back in 2007. Hmm. Okay, here we are, 15 years later, and an entire group of children now started out in kindergarten then they've graduated and they've yeah. moved on to college yeah and the indoctrination is not just starting it's almost complete of teaching when you teach a child at a formative age that there is that you are a assigned a gender at birth mm. okay yeah whenever i see that anywhere yep. it boggles my mind you're yep. not assigned a gender at birth you are born Yep. And you are born as one of the two. If you are multiple genders, okay, and it does happen, it's a freak of nature. It's just like any other deformity. Sure. Yeah. Um, and we do have them. Um, but in, anyway, we could go into a long thing. I, my first thought, Mark, with I would love to have a camera in the classroom so that mm. teachers have defense when they exactly. deal with parents. Yes. So that a teacher can show this video of their classroom and how much time they spend on discipline of mm -hmm. a child telling him to be quiet and not so much the content of what they're teaching but anyway that that's a discussion for a different day but i wonder we ought to fight for that now that i'm yeah. you know now that you point that out we ought to fight for it but we fight for it from the angle we are here to protect the teacher mm -hmm. we want parents to know what little johnny and little jilly are doing in that classroom yeah. that are preventing all these other children from learning right we don't, and you know, there's, there's a way we could do this because then they say, so you don't want us to know what you're teaching. Is that why you're fighting this? Mm -hmm. Really? <laughs> what are you teaching that is so bad that yep. you don't want to, we want this to protect you. We want to teach parents. Cause can you imagine the videos, dude, mm. of showing, cause they go viral when you have a kid with a cell phone video of a child being aggressive towards a teacher, you know, that yeah. goes public all the time. Yeah. So now that's our battle, the Mark and Mac battle cry of the year for the 2022, 2023 school year cameras in the classroom for all.
LifeRadio.fm, the Mark the Mac show. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, and that's a fact, Jack. You know? <laughs> that's a fact, Jack. <laughs> the science is settled. That's it. You know? Just last, like last night, only better. Why did the chicken cross the road? <laughs> to get from the left to the right. right wow. Man. The stuff Why is, couldn't it have been science? I know Why the things that are stuck to the walls of your brain? <laughs> Man, all right, Mark. Yes, um, I finally found a job for me. You Dang. could get paid to eat candy. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. You, you know, hey, just a very quick sidebar on parenting. When I was growing up, we were we were not wealthy. Okay, um, if there is a middle class, that was what we aspired to be someday. If we hit the lottery, you know, we mm-hmm. were. Anyway, so candy was not a normal thing for it. Can't, Halloween was a big deal. I yeah, mean, yeah, you yeah. could stock up for the whole year on candy. Oh, man. But anyway, so when I got older, um, you know, and, and realized I could, you know, do what I wanted in terms of food and stuff like that, I kind of went crazy for a little while. <laughs> and <laughs> that's why buffets are still dangerous for me. You know, uh-huh, yeah. I, it, there are certain things ingrained in us as children. I know. Um, and, oh. And that's one of them. So anyway, Mm -hmm. with my kids, I raised them when it comes to food. Okay. Eat what you like. I never forced them to eat food, you know, and whether you agree with this or not is not germane to the discussion. I'm telling you what I did. Um, and all of my children grew up. No, yes, you can have candy. I didn't let them go excessive when they were young, but as they got older, Hey, you decide. Um, but each one of my children, because I never made a big deal out of the food, they all gravitated towards what they like and they all eat healthy. Hmm. My, all my kids, they eat so much better than me. They, when they're around me, like dad, really? You're, you're going to eat that. You're putting yeah. that in your mouth, right? Yeah. You know, what's going to happen to that. Yes, I do. You know, I mean, it's my body anyway, right. bottom line, because we never withheld, I, they, they all eat healthy. They don't really care about candy. And there you go. And I right. believe it's because I never made it one of those treat things ever. Yeah. Uh, never played with food like that huh. so anyway my huh. kids this would not attract them me i'm going where do i sign up you know? <laughs> because it turns out you might actually be able to eat candy for a living and a pretty good living to boot canada's uh candy fun house is hiring a chief candy officer according to a recent job posting quote do you love all things candy and chocolate Are you passionate about the confectionery treats and exploring unreleased and existing products? If so, this is the perfect position for you. That's what the job description reads on LinkedIn. This Ontario-based company said the position pays $78,167.70 per year. That's pretty exact. Um, The job can be remote or based in its Canada or New Jersey offices. The chief, wow. Yeah. The chief candy officer will serve as head taste tester and try over 3,500 products each month. Do the math on how many a day that is. Come on. Besides eating about 113 pieces of candy per day, there's your math. The chief candy officer will lead the company's fun house candy strategy, run candy board meetings, and have a say in which products Candy Fun House will carry. The chief candy officer will also approve candy inventory and designate spotlight treats with an official stamp of approval. Applicants can be as young as five years old and must reside in North America. Applicants have until August 31st to apply. No previous experience is necessary. Wow. Yes. Wow. 
Mark, this this is me. <laughs> well, you Man. meet the age requirement, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> 113 pieces a day now uh-huh. is that the i i'm just wondering is that the max or am i allowed more you know i mean are we gonna because if it's if it's 113 and let then i might have to watch my diet because that might not be enough i might need more just well if, if you're gonna be an overachiever and you know get it all yeah. done in a week I, they'd probably be really happy with you maybe i'm your guy man <laughs> liferadio.fm the mark and mac show and you know mark a couple of minutes ago we were talking about eating candy and getting paid for it yes and here's the interesting part of looking at how the media puts a story out there okay Mm -hmm. because i was looking i thought oh let me see it this is i'll apply for it and we'll do it on the air and i noticed one of the articles that actually had you could make a six-figure salary you could make a hundred thousand dollars you know i'm like well it's seventy eight thousand is what we had right Right, yeah. And I'm looking in the article, and they just wanted it to have a more enticing headline. Hmm. And I'm like, but up to $100,000. And you're like, well, wait a minute. I'm not seeing this anywhere. Where are they getting that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I thought, how many times do uh, people, you know, exaggerate the headline to make somebody click it? Huh. You know, it's like clickbait. Yes, and that's what it was. That's it, it really is. And which brought me to another question. I meant to ask you off the air, but I'm going to do it right now. Uh-oh. So I don't forget. Okay. okay. I got a text last night. Okay. Now nobody's texting or calling me at night. You know, as sun goes down, leave Dave alone, man. <laughs> but I get a text. Well, you know, <laughs> well, some people are harder and, to convince than others of that, but yes. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, this is one from a number I don't know. And it says cash app transfer. Okay. Uh-huh. Is awaiting. Yeah. To obtain access to $750, blah, blah, blah. Right. And it has a link. And what it is, is it's a scam. Yep. And I was going to, here's two things. One, do you get these types of scams, Mark? Yes, yes do you I see do. These? I do. Yeah. Okay. There are people um, in our age, and again, now I'm going back to your t-shirt, which is going to be on my mind all day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have people that are our age and, and even younger, you know, uh, that are getting burned by these. But here's the deal. If somebody is giving you something for nothing, it's a scam. Yeah. That life doesn't work that way. People are not going to just hand you cash for no reason. And I can't say that enough. They just don't. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if they just won a billion dollars in the lottery. They're not giving away the money. (sighs) Anyway. Mm -hmm. So the cash app thing, I looked it up just to verify. And it is what it is. is If you follow through, they're going to tell you, yeah, sure, you can collect this, but you're going to have to pay a fee to be a part of this. Wow. Anytime you have to pay a fee to get a prize, you're getting scammed. Yeah. So stop the madness. Right. And there are countless numbers of people. I say countless because so many of them won't admit it. But people are getting burned by these scams. And it drives me crazy when I think of, in particular, an elderly citizen, Mark, that <laughs> gets burned by Thank something you. like this. Thank you very much. You know, it bothers me. So yeah. just make sure that your family members, young and old alike, know a scam from the truth. And mm. again, you do not have to pay a fee to get cash. You know, it, no. it's, it just doesn't work that yeah, way. That's a classic. That is a classic element in all of those scams. We need you to put this amount of money in a bank account for us and then we'll transfer everything, you know, or something like right. that. They always want to yeah. get money out of you in order to get money out of them. And only right. one half of that transaction ever occurs. Right. 
liferadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac Show, and we really do appreciate you joining us each day. We really do. I, I, I hate it. Some days, Mark, when we finish the show, I'm like, you know, we really did not say thank you enough. And mm. we, there's not enough hours in the day to say thank you. So True. just thank you. Now, yes. Mark. We have told stories of children uh, and seniors both getting uh, issue, having issues while uh, flying yeah. on major airlines. Right. And I told you the story of how I put Andrew on the plane back when he was about 10 years old, mm-hmm. flying him to my brother's house in Maryland. And uh, I, I was fine with everything until I looked. I saw a plane leaving. I took him to Atlanta to fly out of there because it was cheaper. And I'm driving down I-20 back home, and I see a big jet flying overhead, and it hit me. My son is on a plane by himself. Mm-hmm. If something happens, I'm not there uh, for him. I'm not there. I thought, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was so horrible. I mean. And this is I coming thought, from a guy who won't fly because he can't get in the cockpit and take it home if he wants to. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Lost. I just, oh, it was horrible. So, anyway. Two things happened. One, certainly yeah. he made it. He made it okay, obviously. Right, yeah. But the other part is, um, we found out later on um, that he used the air phone on the plane. Oh, great! Okay, yeah. And <laughs> back then, it was credit card related, so uh-huh. you didn't get the statement right away, and you didn't have that immediate thing. Right. And so it was like a month later when I got the statement in because I made sure he had a credit card. If something uh, happens, yes. you know, and. Yeah, something did happen. You know, he used that card. He was on the phone the whole way. It's, it was like, dude, it's not a quarter of call. Trust me. <laughs> no, back then those air phones were not cheap. No, but he, I'm thing is, dude, he called, um, he called his uh, grandma. He called his uncle. Mm-hmm. He called uh, my brother. Um, I mean, he, he was on the phone the whole time, pretty much just oh, occupying his time. Goodness. Yeah. And nice. I'm like, I didn't, I've never actually seen him talk on the phone before, but he's on this air phone. I'm thinking, does he run a business on the side that, you know, that's great. Yeah. And anyhow, so this story is circulating around about American airlines Mm -hmm. and a 10 year old that has a, it actually has a connecting flight, but they did something that this is, I'm going to tell you, Mark. When I saw this, my heart sank. Mm, absolutely. A mom says her 10-year-old's love of travel has been ruined after a frightening experience with American Airlines. The little girl was flying by herself from Richmond, Virginia, to visit family in Boston on July 18th. The trip included a short layover at John F. Kennedy Airport. Vargas says she didn't learn, or the mom says she didn't learn that the flight had been canceled until she received a call from her daughter. Quote, she called me hysterically, crying, saying the flight was canceled. And I asked her to pass the phone to speak to a gated agent who said they would try to get another flight rebooked that same day. It was apparently her first time flying alone. And, and mom says uh, it, was a ter- it was terrifying for her to be stranded without family at one of America's busiest airports. Quote, she was terrified and said she doesn't want to fly again. This experience has destroyed her love of traveling. Our family said she was very, very, very quiet that night, which is not her normal self. She's usually very chatty and bubbly, but barely spoke. Yeah. Hmm. Traumatic okay, experience. So, yeah. yeah. I'm sure it is. And I'm sure they're really building this up for the lawsuit, you know. Yeah, <laughs> because, that's true. Yeah, she, she'll be quiet the rest of her life uh, mm-hmm. while she counts her money. Right. But, you know. and. This would be traumatic for the parents. I, I mean, I think there's a lot of pain and agony in this one for mm-hmm. a lot of folks. Yeah, there is. Because even now, like I told you, even now, I still have a sinking feeling when I think of what I did, you know, putting my 10-year-old on a plane. Oh. 
without me. That I mean, really, it just wow. Even now, mm. I need Barry Manilow. I need your help, Barry Manilow. <laughs> liferadio.fm the mark and mac show and you know mark you and i haven't really gone in depth into uh alternative energy renewable sources and things like that we yeah. made a few jokes sure. but yeah. just fyi i am all about um solar energy i i am all mm-hmm. about alternative okay and and not for the reasons that the liberals are which is why i don't talk about it much right um for whatever reason i've been fascinated with it my whole life mm-hmm. and i just and I guess it's conspiracy related, you know. I believe there's free energy available. I believe it. And Nikola Tesla, I think, proved it. But, you know, anyway, solar panels are something that most of us are familiar with. We probably know what they look like. If you see it on somebody's house, you wouldn't go, wow, what have they done to their roof? That's some neat tiles up there. Right, we would yeah. know those are solar panels. Yeah. Um, but there are some things that happen with regard to solar panels that um, – we don't hear of that often because mm-hmm. they're kind of made to survive heat. But yeah. Here yeah, we go. Yeah. Solar panels in Plano, Texas. Yep. The solar panels on the roof of a six-story office building in Plano, Texas, caught fire last Friday morning. The two-alarm fire was reported at about 10.20 a.m. on the roof of a Bank of America building. Dozens of solar panels were seen installed on the roof of the building. A number of them had clearly been charred and destroyed by fire. The building was evacuated during the fire. No injuries reported. It's not immediately clear if the fire did any damage to the building, which is located uh, mm. about a thousand feet away from the nearest fire station. The cause of <laughs> well, that's convenient. Yeah, the cause of the fire. They still don't know what what caused the fire. But let's see, solar solar panels. So you got heat. You're collecting sun. That's right. Yellow yes. wires. And, uh-huh. uh, hmm. <laughs> yep. Golly gee whiz, beef. I don't know. <laughs> oh, if we only had something like science to help us figure this out. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Kill this. Mark and Mac are back. The Mark and Mac Show. Weekday mornings on liferadio.fm.